Welcome back, party people. We're here today with the Triangle Anime and Manga Review Podcast. As always, I'm here today with Ozzy. How's it going, Ozzy? Hey, I'm doing well. We're back and uh, excited to uh, recap and look into the next season. So as always, uh, since it's the spring season, you're, we're going to start our anime podcast by talking about uh, baseball. So, uh, As is tradition, uh, right? As is tradition. Good yeah. old baseball. We're finally back. It's strangely a delayed opening week, right? The one sport that I know that you absolutely don't care about. It is. It I, don't, is I don't not care about it. It is just boring as fuck. It is the uh, a delayed opening week, actually. Yeah. So um, the opening week was this past week, right? It was technically it was supposed to be the first week in April. So yeah, now they they just pushed it back a week. Oh, were, so that was all the delay was, even with the like the, the strike. Yeah, and they ended up tacking on some extra games at the end of the season to try and oh, make up. So they losses. missed only like two weeks, and they made it seem like it was a big deal. It was not that. I think people were really worried going since they didn't make the opening day, but uh, I think both sides knew they couldn't afford to have a shut shutout. I mean, baseball in the U.S. has fallen off so hard. Oddly enough, really you doing really me. doing really well in Japan, but uh, over here, mm-hmm. yeah, over here, and I'm not cutting it. Well, you know who's doing really well? Atlanta Braves. Yeah, well, my my team, the Braves. So uh, I'll. I'll try and put a link to a picture in the episode description, but uh, I'll tell you what, we were just admiring this fucking ring. Uh, I've been looking at a lot of rings lately, various reasons. But anyway, I looked at this championship ring, and I had never seen a damn thing like it. So they're 2021 championship ring, World Series champs, and this thing is absolutely just... It's it's on it's fire. I mean, look at it. It's, how many, we got four... What was it? So How many diamonds, excuse me? So they've got forty. They got seven hundred fifty-five total diamonds. They've got forty-four emerald cut diamonds. Jesus! To celebrate the Hank Aaron number. Forty-four. That makes they sense. got, yeah. They've got one hundred and fifty in just the A alone to symbolize to symbolize the one hundred fifty years of the franchise. The thing is eighteen point seven one carat white gold to pay homage to the year the Braves were founded. They they've made it out of like. Truest parts, real bricks from the right field, which I, I don't know what the hell they came up with that for. Um, for they cut some priceless rubies in the jar. They got, obviously, the players' numbers and stuff. They engraved uh, the record that they got from each score. And in, inside of the ring, they've got a personal cutout of the, like, stadium it's like a little locket, which is unreal. I've never seen a championship ring with a locket in it. So you can open it up, and it opens up to their stadium, which is wild. And it's also got behind the stadium, it's got an LED light that will shine through the rubies in the stadium. Yeah, you guys have to look this up, man. Just look up, (laughs) you know, Braves 2021 championship ring. It is absolutely wild. That is that is a baller ring. I was just blown away. I was like, damn. Uh, I guess you can afford that if you get the uh, fancy. Oh, for those who are interested, uh, apparently uh, there's a $25,000 burger that they're selling at the stadium. And if you buy it, you get a free one of these rings uh, for yourself. So I think that's a decent deal. You're not... telling me I get a free burger? Yeah. Or a free ring? <laughs> Free ring for a burger that costs twenty five thousand dollars. It's better be a good ass burger. I looked at the burger; it's not bad. It's just massive. So I mean, for twenty five thousand dollars, 
I mean, you could probably sell that for more than that. No? Yeah, it's pretty sick. Uh, but I think, you know, I think it's a pretty interesting thing. You know, we really appreciate people who go over the top here on the anime podcast. In America, and, that's just America. And that's, I, I think, uh, the Braves definitely achieved that this well, that's time. that's cool. Yeah, I know a couple of my buddies at work were, uh, they're going down to the Marlins opening game, which I think was this either this past week or this coming week. It was uh, Friday, actually. Okay, yeah, because yeah. he got married, and that was one of their their honeymoon was to go down to Florida, and they were going down to the opening day there. I tell you what, I like that stadium. I've been inside sure. there. Um, that is like, and I don't mean this in the sense of like you know metaphorically, it's cool. I mean like it's one of the coolest stadiums I've ever been to because they. They really focus on their AC in South Florida. Well, I'm sure like, they have to. I mean, come on, it's Florida. Mm-hmm. But I love, I love that stadium. It's got great, it's great view. Uh, we lost when I went down there, but that makes sense because uh, the Braves just couldn't find a way to win in the hey, regular it don't season. Matter. Who cares about the regular it's, season? Yeah, it's just like in basketball. As long as you get in, who knows what's going to happen? You know who's not in? The Lakers. Fuck the Lakers. Exactly. <laughs> and LeBron. I think it's a good thing the Lakers have got this like HBO show going on. Otherwise, they wouldn't have anything to celebrate this year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was, uh, I kind of, I want to feel bad for LeBron, but no, I think he's no, had it. No. He's had it good enough for long enough. All right. So, if we covered our quota of sports for the day, do you want to get on to uh, the spring recap or the? I guess uh, would be the winter, winter slash fall, late fall going into winter recap. Yeah. So, um, since we didn't really do anything to cover. The winter um, season, we wanted to kind of encompass that with some of the things that kind of certain animes that went into the winter and some that started in the winter uh, because we didn't really devote too much time to that season. Um, Whether you could say that that season was as hype as others, I guess we can't argue because we didn't really commit ourselves to it. But we did watch one or two, uh, I think. Well, uh, I I watched three. I'm I'm not... I'm not opposed to being honest here, and I just I was not fascinated with most of what came yeah, out. Yeah, we're not saying it wasn't good. We were just saying I don't, I don't think I was interested either. And I mean, this isn't a full time job, so I'm not just going to watch something I don't want to watch. Well, and part of it is like one of the reasons I come to anime is they have interesting takes on you know unique ideas, and uh, we're going to get into some of the ones that came out this season that we're kind of interested to talk about. Most of the anime that came out that got caught in that. Uh, fall, winter, in-between gap. They were either closing like a season of something we had already started, or they just seemed super generic, like isekai action stuff. And uh, I just don't feel like uh, investing a whole lot of extra time if it's just like, okay, I've seen this story before. Hero gets transported to another world. He's outpowered. He saves the world. You know, I I don't really need a whole bunch of extra stuff for that in my life, personally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to be honest, I also wasn't really feeling it. And, you know, I just was doing other stuff. And when I found more interesting things, which we'll also talk about in this episode, this season, the spring season, you know, we get back into it because there are a list of things that are a little bit more interesting and more in our field of likes, I guess. Yeah. But with that said, why don't we get into the ones that we did catch from those periods? I think it's also kind of an interesting thing that these kind of dragged out, I think more so, I guess, because of the COVID release schedule. Yeah, one of them in particular, and the first one on the list was 86ers. Strangely enough, it was on like a short hiatus. I don't remember what it was, 
why it was, but it could have been a COVID thing. But I know that they were gone for almost three or four weeks and it caused them to, instead of finishing normally in the, like right before winter, they ended up finishing in the middle of winter season. Um, so that's why we put it on this list because it just kind of dropped off and then they came back and wrapped it up. So, um, they, yeah, the first one was 86ers. Um, it was season two, which like I said, started in the fall. Um, and for me, I actually see, uh, 86 is special to me because I know I went into it not expecting much because it seemed kind of generic and I was just, especially because it was so like, um, a gloomy kind of show. I actually was surprised how good season one was. And I, 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 you know, I ended up like, it's one that I recommend for people. It's got mecha fights in it. It's got, you know, multiple characters that are involved. It's got, you know, uh, genocide in it, all the great things that you want in life. Um, and it did a good job showing, I guess, one side of it during season one, which was kind of the grim reality of war. And season two was a nice change because season two started off with them, the whole main cast kind of getting back into a real life situation. Like they were taken away from the battlefield and it changed the whole tone of the series, which was nice. It was a break because honestly, that was the one thing that I had negative about the whole show is that it's just sometimes it's too grim for me. Like, I don't like that whole, like, setting all the time. And I think they did a good job of saying, hey, let's take a break. Let's show these characters in a real-life situation and pull them away from the battlefield. And that gave me a chance to breathe. That gave me a chance to appreciate the characters and get a break from the Grimm. And then when they got back to it in season two, in the latter half of season two, I was ready. I was refreshed. I was like, yeah, the action's great. Now that I'm invested in these characters again, this is much more meaningful. So that's kind of how season two went for me. Yeah, and I think that was really the benefit of season two for me too, was just that it was really hard for me going into season one with how quickly they just put on the hurt, I guess, if, that's <laughs> yeah, a, put on if that makes any sense. Like, they really laid it on thick. Like, this really sucks. And I'm like, you know, I'm just not into this. This isn't, this is really like, they're just trying to tug on your morals more so than anything. Season two, I got to know the characters better. I got to know what they were about and also kind of more about the world they were living in. And also that there was kind of more to it than just everything sucking all the time. Yeah. And when that happened, I actually enjoyed it much more. Um, I didn't watch the entirety of this season. I only watched a few episodes, but I did like it, and I think I might come back to it um, and check it out if I get some free time. It was it was good. I liked it, and obviously the internet liked it. I mean, our anime yeah, it's one of the was has been hyping it up yeah. a lot. In fact, uh, I think it came in on the polls. It came in not too far down. Uh, but, I think that's the recent stuff. You'll have to look at what the winter one or what the most... Um, yeah. The one before this season, because season one just started. But, or season spring just started. Yeah, we were But trying. yeah, no, the, the entire... Every episode was very hype for people. They really enjoyed the continuing story. Uh, I think season two is actually better. I think it continued, like you said, it, it helped expand on some characters. It helped you invest in these characters. And then when it got back to the battle like situation, it kind of upped the ante too because um, they brought in more more people. It wasn't just the five 
um, like uh, 86ers. It was them. They were part of a faction now because they were part of a different country and they were fighting for bigger stakes. So that's good that, you know, you up the ante to make it a little bit more suspenseful and the battles are great. The final battle was amazing because it was cool. They did it in like this field of like, was it, I think there was like a bunch of like quote unquote butterfly looking things, insects, and they were very colorful. They were like red colorful and like the main baddie was like this big mecha that was, uh, that could essentially is a, like a rail gun that could just blast the whole town off the face of the earth. And it shot out like blue beams. So like the, the contrast between red and blue was like beautiful. And the animation was so fluid. And, and I love mecha fights. And they did a great job with that. Um, and ultimately the, the ending was, was very gratifying. And it sets up for a, hopefully a season three. Because um, the main character, Shine, uh, Shine, Shine, uh, ends up meeting they all they all actually end up meeting with the uh the uh uh their original commander the, like the leader the girl that was their commander before they had to leave season one and you know that kind of coming full circle they got to meet each other and it was a nice little reunion and it kind of like you kind of hope that you can continue that story so I'm, I'm i really look forward to season three if there is one i know for a fact light novel has more um really? hopefully and with how well it did, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a season three around the corner. Uh, next up on the list. So this one hit home for both of us. Uh, My Dress Up Darling. Uh, this one was a really... <laughs> uh, it had some questionable fan service, but overall it was a very lighthearted story to, uh, to discuss that uh, covered like basically a couple... Uh, a girl who was really into cosplay and a guy who was into uh, basically doing his uh, dress up, basically making outfits and dressing up dolls and stuff like that. Well, yeah, his, his original love is his love for making Hina dolls. Is that is that right? Hina? Hina? <laughs> yeah, Hina dolls. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's a Hina doll creator or his grandpa is and he ends up kind of following in his footsteps. And he has a you know a major love for that as an art. It's a you know it's an incredible talent, and uh, they kind of bond over that. But yeah, so it's funny. I wanted to mention this one because this is one of the ones that initially I kind of wrote off. Um, it seemed like a fan service kind of show, and not that I'm a fan of fan service, huh? But like it's just I don't know. It's just it, I it, I wasn't vibing with the look of it, so I said you know I'm not super interested. But as soon as I watched an episode or two, I was hooked because A, it's very wholesome. It's more wholesome than you would think. And B, it is slice of life. Like it's just them bonding over hobbies and that is relatable. So I was actually very surprised at how good, how much I was hooked from the beginning. Well, I think this is another one of those stories where it's like if we didn't have fan service in it, I think this would be like something for everybody because as you said, it's very relatable with two people just having kind of outcast hobbies, getting together and being like, oh, we're great. And they're so, f <laughs> both the main characters are so fucking adorable uh, when they're with each other. God, uh, yeah, it's a really heartwarming story and it's just hard not to enjoy. I do think that the art is questionable at times, but I think part of that goes into 
Well, part of it goes into the fan service, but part of it also goes into the costumes and the design. Yeah, I mean, I will yeah. say there is fan service, and that's fine, but I think they told they that's on the back burner. It's like, hey, it's not the front, because there's so much more to it. They do a good job of building these characters, which, again, uh, the characters are Marin and uh, Gojo, or I guess technically yeah. Kitagawa, Marin, and Gojo. Um, and both the, both the MCs are built well. Like you said, they're very adorable on their own. I think... I think even on their own, they're very interesting, and I love to kind of like watch them because they each have their own hobbies. They're devoted. Um, they're weird too. Like Gojo is—I mean, he's strange that he's so interested in his his Hina dolls, and I like that. And then you know who doesn't like an anime loving? You know, we would all love a girlfriend like that who loves to dress up and cosplay yeah. and loves anime the way that Marin did. So liking them individually and then you put them together was was really cool and really cute to see so yeah i i ended up loving that anime because of that their 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 relationship as they grew together to kind of support each other because at the same time gojo the, the male mc was a real loner like he has no idea how to socialize really and it's those that's where the funny moments usually came out of is him dealing with socializing with other people a and b it being a girl who is very attractive yeah. and also very sure of herself which i think is great to see which i loved her as a main character because she was so sure of herself yeah and i think it's it's also they work together well and they handle the situations where like they both have their own misunderstandings of i guess how the world works if that makes any sense because they're both young and they're probably and experienced with, you know, sometimes people act certain ways or supposed to. But yeah, I think they work together and they help solve each other's problems. And even though they both make mistakes, they kind of correct them as they go along. Well, yeah, and so that's what... I like, I, I like this as a romance, even with the fan service. I mean, I can't, I can't show this to my girlfriend, but I, I thought this was a highlight of the year. Yeah, this was yeah definitely good. highlight. I, I think one thing that also you know, I wanted to mention is the way they wrote their interactions and their growth as a relationship made it all seem supernatural. Like, not supernatural, like, very natural. Like, it, it, it just didn't feel like it was forced. It felt like they were growing as friends and it led to something else because that happens. I mean, it's a natural kind of way things goes when you share, um, you share hobbies, you share time together, you share being passionate about something. You, you know, you kind of can develop feelings for, you know, the people around you and that ended up happening. And it was so, it was so wholesome to watch. And, um, like, I mean, let's not get away from the fact there was some fan service, but even in one of the episodes where they had a very heavy fan service situation, it did turn into kind of, uh, de them developing their, like their relationship because they had an awkward, very, very sexualized scene that, Usually I would feel very uncomfortable with, but for some reason this felt very natural and it felt, I mean, yeah, they're underage. So that part, that part was uncomfortable for me, but it just felt natural. I'm like, that but, happens in real life. That happens. I mean, you can have sexual. I, I will, I will say that it, all of it plays service to the plot. I don't think yeah, there's anything. That's why I said that's what I'm saying. It's natural. Yeah, I don't it, think it, there was it, anything that was like just oh I can't believe let's get that this would not happen in real right. life. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what made it all kind of seem like you're like you're following along. Nothing fell out of place. So the story itself it led to a very like wholesome something that you can appreciate as a whole. Yeah. 
I just know that I like I've been I watched it personally, and I've actually been watching like because <laughs> apparently this is a thing now. I've been watching YouTubers who watch this show after me to see their reactions. Yeah, yeah, and. Even some of the younger people or the people that I would think would be like less affected, they're like, wow, you can get away with that. Huh? I'm like, yeah, you know, I didn't think about it when I was watching, but uh, there is a lot of there was some racy quest- questionable stuff. Well, the time. most questionable moment is where we saw a, a crotch shot with actual movement. I have never seen that in anime. Yeah, that was. Uh, that is not hentai, essentially. I was, yeah. I was very surprised. I'm like, wow, they really like. And they took the time to. Animate this very well. I will let you know. But again, that was the moment where even then it was. It, I was on the fringe of feeling uncomfortable, but knowing that it was somewhat natural, um, it was. But even that, outside of that, and even with that, I was completely okay with the fan service. Like you said, no. it it led into the plot, and um, I. I mean, yeah, it's still one of my favorites. It's yeah, very absolutely. It's a great story. Yeah, I will. I would highly recommend it to anybody who wants to watch it. I would that. too. Yeah, if you're really into like slice of life, maybe a sli- little bit of rom com, then this is definitely up your avenue. And again, I like that they highlighted like normal hobbies. So like you know cosplay, that was a cool you know highlight to see. All right, but uh, with that said, uh, why don't you lead us into the next one? So I'm not familiar with this guy. Give me a yeah. This is one that I picked up recently. Um, just because I wanted to watch something else from the recent seasons. Uh, this one did come out in the winter season. Uh, and it's called Sabikui Bisco. Oh, uh, you did get that pronunciation right. Hell yeah, I did my research. Okay. But uh, it, another name for it is called Rust Eater Bisco. And it's your typical shonen. Um, but it is an interesting show. Like The plot of it was very interesting because it had to deal with a, a post-apocalyptic world, of course. Um, where there's this thing, there's like this disease that goes around that people can get called rusting and it's caught through the air and it essentially looks like your body's rusting. Like you gain, you get like orangish, like copper tint to your body and you end up dying from it and you kind of get it from the air because that was spread from these, uh, like essentially these machines that came to Japan, uh, years ago, but it's the world kind of dealing with that. And apparently there are these people called mushroom harvesters. I forgot what they called mushroom hunters that grow mushrooms. It was really weird when I was first watching. I was like, "What in the fuck are they trying to do here?" So they grow mushrooms, and the mushrooms so they like tend counteract. to mushrooms. Well, that's the thing. So you learn through the story, the, the the government and the and the kind of the area that you focus on in the story uh, is scaring people into thinking that the mushroom hunters are the ones spreading the rust. But it turns out you learn in the throughout the series that the mushroom hunters are the ones that counteract the rusting. They say that naturally mushrooms help dissipate the rusting and stop it from spreading. But you learn throughout the, se- the series that the government is in control and they're having people be in fear of certain things. And it'll kind of hit kind of close to home because you find out near the end that the main like baddie who is the I guess uh, he's like the governor of the area. He used to be a mushroom hunter, and these are all spoilers, obviously. Um, but he was a mushroom hunter, and he wants to make money, so he's scaring people into taking these cures that aren't a hundred percent sure, and he's still spreading the disease. And I'm like, damn, that is like pure like. And then he said that he wanted to make japan great again i like i don't know that was uh... yeah and then he had this 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 company called 
Feaser. Feaser. <laughs> and he was like making these viruses, but also the cure. Yeah. And he was wearing like a red baseball cap the whole time. I don't know. That, that, but I, I was say. like, man, this sounds way too real. I'm like, this is more villainous <laughs> than some dude who just wants to see people die. And like, like I was like, this this is like legit villainous. Like he just wants to make money by profiting mm. off of people's health. I'm like, yeah, you see that. It's called the, you know, the opioid pan, uh, epidemic. Epidemic, yeah. Right? So it was crazy when that was revealed. And I was like, this is actually a well thought out villain so that was a huge thing i really enjoyed the villain in this series i'm close to finishing it i think i'm like two episodes off and i will say that the the story has been interesting because like i explained it the whole mushroom slash rusting situation is very interesting the main character uh ashiboki bisco he's also very interesting he's a very strong character i was expecting a very like silly character like normal shonen like you know, an, an, an adult Naruto or like a Natsu or, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like a but, Luffy. Something yeah, or like a Luffy. Jokey. He's, yeah. he's actually very collected. He's actually very calm. And he's kind of OP. Like, he has issues where, you know, he may not beat everything first off. But he he's actually, he's a, he's, he's a bow and arrow guy. And his special ability is that, and this may be the mushroom hunters in general, when he shoots an arrow, it grows, grows mushrooms like instantly. Hmm. So he uses that to attack. It's very interesting because, like, if someone's coming, he'll shoot an arrow at their feet. It'll shoot them away because the mushroom grows and it, like, the... Pops them out. Yeah, pops them out. It's, it's actually kind of cool. So, like, watching that and the animation's really great and then getting the the bounce of the mushrooms and seeing people kind of shoot off. So it was, it was actually really interesting to watch that. And um, so the main character was great. The villain was really great. Supporting cast is very good. I will say that the sidekick was probably my least favorite thing. He's a doctor who kind of becomes a mushroom hunter, mushroom uh, harvester dude. And the only negative I would have so far about it is that he came from being a doctor and turned into a warrior in like three episodes. It was a little too quick for my taste. Mm, Gotcha. Um, Yeah. And I understand and the way they wrote it and the way they're moving with the story. It makes sense that he would become part of that and he would become a warrior slash fighter but he's like a scrawny doctor who's just a doctor like i i, I yeah. thought it would take like, a little bit longer he didn't know anything really, and then all of a yeah, sudden he was an this, expert yeah honestly i thought that the the any issues with this anime that i had which is that was one the other one was the relationships they felt like they were they were put together too quickly like all of a sudden the doctor was like not in love but like really like had a very strong camaraderie with bisco and that was, again, in like three episodes. I really think that if they split it up into a longer season, maybe 23 episodes, it would have made the pacing a lot better and fixed those minor issues that I had. But as a whole, it was actually a very good shonen. I really enjoyed the characters. The animation's very good, too. Like, they had a lot of close-ups of the characters, of the villains, when like you had these like tense moments. And they did a great job of animating the, you know, the faces, animating the the ten, those tense moments. Uh, so I was actually surprised at how much it, I thought it was going to be very generic, and I it was not. It was not at all. So I was pleasantly surprised about that. I'll have to check it out. That sounds like it. Yeah. Honestly, that was what turned me off initially. Was it just seemed so generic in the first episode? But. No. It, 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 I, again, I was pleasantly surprised at how ungeneric it was, especially because like the main character has like very generic shonen looking attributes like red hair spiky hair but they, they try not to make it as generic i think and i think they did a good job of that 
So okay, well then, yeah, uh, I actually recommend it. I'm actually happy I kind of did it on a whim, and uh, I I would recommend anyone who likes shonen who's looking for a just kind of a basic shonen. This is a good, you know, little turn. Now, it's not going to do anything revolutionary, but it's not going to be just another generic shonen. Cool. Well then, let's get into. I would definitely take that out if I could only pronounce it. Sec- Sebikui Bisco. Sebikui Bisco. Bisco. But uh, moving on to another one that I think we both are going to end up recommending. Uh, So Ranking of Kings finally wrapped up. And uh, that was a wild ride. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So it started in the fall, I think. And it's 23 episodes. So it did wrap up a couple weeks ago. And uh, we were in for the long haul. And I think we we did have like a mid-year review of this one. And... Uh, we were we were very curious to where they were going to go after episode 12, 13, because, you know, the, I think the latter half really took us for a ride, right? I think it, it went in a direction that I don't think we were expecting. I was not, I was certainly not expecting it to be resolved as, I guess, neatly as all of it played right. out to be. I was like, because at first... I think that was part of the draw of the show is we didn't know exactly where it was going. Yeah, that's yeah. And then it as it got to the end of the season, it started becoming clearer and clearer like what the focus was. And uh, you know, I guess getting into spoilers, there was like a main kind of villainous uh, Moranjo who could use magic and was kind of manipulating everything from the background because of her mistreatment in her life. Essentially, I mean, without getting into too many nitty-gritty details and it turned out that the whole thing was more about resolving i guess her issues and i guess resolving the impact that she's had on the world and it turned out it was pretty good all things considered i i was uh i i do think it went a little more uh with the happy kind of shonen where nothing bad happened per se but I do think there was kind of an impact to be had uh, or noticed uh, with how some of the villains acted, with like where the King of Hell ended up going. That was a whole situation. I, I was not expecting him to be the number one, and now he's got to deal with the treasure. So, And it does set up for some interesting stuff in the next season as Boji goes exploring. Anyway, sorry, I'm kind of all over the map, Ozzy. Uh, what were your thoughts on the story and everything as it kind of came to an end? Yeah, I I agree with your what you said about like us not knowing where it was going. I think that was what made it so good. That's what brought us in every week. It's like, where are we going with the story? And it wasn't like in a bad way where they're like, they don't know what they're doing. They knew what they were doing. And uh, we were just so curious about like what would it lead to because at the end of the first half of the series, they brought in like these six or seven villains out of nowhere. And Moranja took over shit, and you're just like, so what is what's going on? And yeah. then like the well, the main fair, king yeah. got put in prison, or like he like imprisoned himself, and he came back as his like child as his, his child. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean it's very Bogey's complicated. Brother. It's very complicated to kind of when you look at all that, but a lot of this was hinted at as it was going along. Yeah, and right. you're like, so it's not like it completely came out of thin air. But no, yes, no, that part wasn't out of thin air it's just I because of all those things coming together I just didn't know where they were going with the story uh, but they did you know they kind of they dealt with all those characters I will say I will say that the six villains that they had they kind of off pretty quickly which in some cases I was okay with in other cases just seemed you know kind of just like I guess plot drivers 
But I will say they did have two or three characters that drove drove the story more, and especially one which was um, what's his name, the immortal guy. Um, oh, I don't remember the Riken. Knight. Yeah, Rank Riken Riken. I don't remember the the silver guy who uh, was a shadow. Yeah, no, he wasn't a shadow. That's a uh, Kage. No, no, no. Yeah, he had the black stuff inside of his armor. Yeah, well, he had the he had like a black goo in front in his armor. <laughs> But, yeah, so that guy became, ended up becoming uh, more important to the story because it turns out he was related to uh, Boji's trainer or master and the other strong guy, um, the yeah, guy from the, the underworld, the, the king, king of the underworld. The king right? of the underworld, yeah. So they tied that in neatly. I was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, and then they introduced the whole background of uh, Moranjo, which was even cool. I think they did a good job of making their bad guys, quote-unquote, have some kind of actual reason to be what they are and not just bad guys. So yeah. they even did that with the, the king himself, the, the giant, uh, Boji's dad. You know, yeah, he was an asshole, but he did it with certain intentions in mind. And then same thing with, you You see Do, uh, Boji's brother. Like, you realize he's an asshole too, but there's also reasons behind that, you know. Yeah, he wasn't and, doing it purely on the aspect of being an no, asshole. No, he's not trying to, he's, he's not full of hatred. It was just, Things that kind of drove him well, that way. They even had the one character. I just remember this specifically. They had the one king who was just like one of the villains, um, and he had lost his mind because I think his child, his wife, and his child had gotten murdered. And that guy was there for like maybe an episode, and uh, he got killed off. But they made you feel sympathy for a villain who was on screen for maybe like ten minutes and who was just kind of a terrible person. Otherwise, I was. Really impressed with what they did in the story. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what they did even with the main, uh, you know, the main villain who was Moranjo. They 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 made you feel for her. I mean, yeah, she was an asshole. Yeah, she did kill people. Yeah, she did drive the entire plot in a negative way, in a villainous way. But at the end of the day, I can definitely say, like, you know, she she didn't have negative intentions to start with. But, you know, a lot of things impact you. A lot of things drive you to do certain things negative things and that's kind of her position and yeah you know well and i i guess my thought is that it made it feel like a lived-in world like each of these characters big or small had a whole story to their lives and they had their own reasons for doing things like the guy the guy the snake guy who was a villain in the first couple of episodes by the end of the season he comes back i guess that's a spoiler because we're pretty sure he died in like the third episode uh, but he comes back, and he's got his own reasons for doing all the stuff that he did, which was terrible, really. Yeah, so, I mean, the whole, so yeah, it's it's fascinating, and that's the thing. Like the whole time, like almost every other character, like you questioned what, where were their lo- loyalties, right? Because like right. you had that Bevan, is his name, the snake guy. Yeah, like you thought he was bad, but then he kind of ended up being okay. Then you had the guy who was uh, escorting uh, Boji across the. Like yeah, on his the, adventure, yeah, and like essentially, guy. like killed him. Well, I mean, he had, Boji ended up not dying, but you know, he, he was trying to kill him. Yeah. He was trying to kill him because it was an order from King Bose, and like you thought, like, oh my God, is he going to do it? And he did, and you're like, shit. And then, uh, what's the other guy? They got with the spear. Uh, oh, I don't remember his name either. But uh, yeah, the spear guy, uh, Apios. Yeah, he was a spear guy who was like one of the royal knights, and then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, Moranjo's like 
he, he was simping hard for Mirage. Yeah, he was. Waiting. He was absolutely hundred percent simping. He just yeah, he just fell over backwards for. Yeah, Mirage. and you're like, what the hell? All of a sudden, he's like on the bad guys team. So it was it was like you're starting to question everything. You're like, who's who? So I thought that was well written, and it kind of like added for some twists and turns. And then finally, when you get back to Boji, you get to see him fight and like do his shit because like the whole time, like I was ready for Boji to show off because. They built him up in the first half of the of the series as like training, actually being being able to be useful, and then they end up saying that they had like that one moment in one of the episodes where they asked the magic mirror, like, who's the strongest person in the world right now? And they're like, Boji. And you're like, Well shit, how? Yeah. Show us. And then they end up finally showing you because he shows off the fruit of his labors of um, of training under uh, Despa and it was crazy. I mean you I like that they gave him an ability that was his own and not just like your regular shonen. Like, you're you're overpowered all of a sudden. He's like, no, yeah. we understand that you're not super strong, but you're fast, you're quick, you think on your feet, yeah. you can dodge very, very well, and you use that to your advantage, right? Yeah. I do like I do like that they focus on, and again, because this is clearly not a OP guy, I do like that they made it not about, I can, there are some characters that can just straight up beat people with their fists to death. And for him, it's more like you got to use your mind and you got to be fast and you got to be clever about things. And, but that fits his character. So yeah. I love it. So um, yeah, that, that was great to see. Um, the animations at the end, especially with like some of the major battles was really great. Um, the, the final battle between Boji and, uh, he ended up fighting his dad, his father in a way, his, his brother slash father. So that was kind of fitting, right? That he kind of resolved the issues with his brother and his dad at the same time. Yeah, um, I mean, over, there's so much to talk about this, but overall, it was just a really good show. I would highly, this is probably my biggest recommendation of the of that season so far. I, I would definitely check that. Yeah, out. it's definitely like, again, ba- based off the art, you look at it and you question it, but it's definitely worth the watch, like a hundred percent. The only negative I can that I can think of, and that it, it's I think is valid. I think we talked about this. Is that the ending was wrapped up well? It was just wrapped up quickly. Like it just they they try to put it together quickly, and then some things were forgiven forgiven rather easily. Um, As you would, it's a, it's a show. But it's a, yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, like that's the showman part of it, like you said, yeah. and you know the happy ending, right? The ha- the happy. They did they after. did lean hard into that like yeah everything's cool now, even though you murdered like. Tons of people, you know. It's all good, whatever. Yeah, we all like murdered other people. We we switched alliances. Yeah, we're yeah. all a family again. Yeah, we're all scumbags. It's whatever. So, I don't know, uh, that's the only negative I can think of. But definitely recommend, like you said, uh, check it out. Uh, ignore the art. The art is amazing. It may not be your taste, but the yeah. story's great. I think it'll surprise you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think that wraps up all of our talk from the previous season. Now, uh, Okay, let's get into the next season. I don't. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, so we're gonna yeah. have to burn through uh, some interesting ideas. We have ideas. almost three times as much excited things we're gonna look at or want to want to look at. Again, these things. Some of these have just released. Uh, this is the first week of April, and some of these will be releasing the next week, so mid-April. Um, yeah. I will say I will say most of the highlights this year are some version of a rom com or slice of life kind of story. Yeah, I see that. So, but I love the twists and turns that they put on these. So I'm interested to see uh, where they go and what happens with them. But anyway, uh, 
Ozzy, you helped put the list together. Do you want to kick us off with Summertime Reader? Because I'll be honest, all I really know about this is that it is some kind of mystery. And I, I know it comes out this week, so neither of us has seen the first episode yet. No. Um, and we're not, we're not, we're not going to talk about the first episodes if we have seen them. But yeah, you're right. It does come out this week. And it's actually, I, that was a mis- typo on my end. It's called Summertime Render. Okay, um, Render, sorry. Yeah. And the other name for it is almost Summertime Rendering. So, but it's Render. Um, but yeah, it is a it is a mystery slash shonen. Uh, it's actually done by Studio OLM, so that's the same studio who did Odd Taxi. Um, so off the bat, I do like the animation style. Looking they're, at it, they're going into the mysteries. They're sticking where they're good. That's yeah, true. That's the true. Writing, their yeah. last mystery was very good. Um, but it is based off like just like apparently uh, some guy uh, is like. His, his sister, right, so uh, let, me get, let me give you a quick synopsis. Uh, Ajiro, who is the main character, lived with his two sisters, Mio and Ushio, uh, but he moved away. But then after one of his sisters ends up drowning, he moves, he returns home to, you know, mourn with it, with his family or to deal with it. But then he finds interesting things about the death of his sister, Ushio. Uh, so obviously, because of a death it's going to be a little bit mysterious because he's trying to figure out what happened so just based off of that synopsis i was very intrigued i like mysteries and i know that that studio is is, is great right so I, I look forward to seeing how this one turns out yeah i'll be interested to see where it goes they also sure. did comey so i mean yeah i'll be interested to see where it goes i think they've got good art style i'm actually going to be more interested to watch some of the scenery in the background on this island but uh I mean, uh, like I said, Odd Taxi, they produced and was fantastic. So I'll be interested to see what they do with this one. Moving on to one that we've got a little more familiarity with. Uh, Shikamori is not just a cutie. So this one, I've been reading the manga for a while. Well, I did. I kind of gave up around chapter 70 or so. But this is a cute little slice of life rom-com where the main character is dating a girl named Shikamori. Um, who is a very cute girl, but is also, uh, in some other ways, uh, she can be very cool, very calm, very scary. And it's kind of about those moments where she shows off the sides of her that are not cute, um, that he kind of like loves her for, if that makes any sense. So if you can tell, it's like, it's definitely got the slice of life aspect where, you know, it's just two people who are in love with each other going through their day to day. But it is interesting to kind of say that, like, there's more to appreciate about this girl other than that she's just a cute person. And I I kind of respect that. It is very funny. I like this show. Um, and I'm interested well, to see where it goes. But yeah, yeah, I, that was one that I put down because I'm really big in the slice of life. This seemed like your general slice of life, and I've heard good things about it. So um, I'm definitely interested to see, uh, you know, what because like the the synopsis is very general. It's just like, yeah, she's cute, and he wants to be around her to see all these cute moments, but also I guess not the cute moments. And it's like that's all you're giving me, okay? Well, let's see what it's about because usually you like all the other slice of life ones are based off some kind of gimmick, right? Like the last one that I that I enjoyed was like Comey, like. She doesn't know how to communicate. She's actually a mute. Yeah. Well, she's not a mute, but she just doesn't know how to communicate. Or the other one, like, um, 
uh, Nagatoro, she's bullies the guy. Like, yeah, there's something different. Like, this just seems very ge- like general. I mean, it is kind of hard to comprehend because the gimmick is essentially she's cute, but also How is she's, that a gimmick? she that's does she does other stuff. You know. Okay, fair enough. So, I mean, that's basically it. But I like it. I think it's got it's funny, but it's also heartwarming. I like that. Uh, I like that, and we'll see where it goes. Um, next up, uh, so this one is, I guess, the top anime that's been hyped on the year, I guess, so far. Yeah, because it is. It is some. This is not. This is, this is not a new season. This is something new. Um, well, it's been a manga for a while, right. and it's been selling it's ridiculously fresh well. adaptation. Yeah, so Spy X Family, it's an action comedy shonen. It's about a spy who, for his mission, he has to get married and have a kid. So he adopts an esper, uh, somebody who can read minds, and he marries an assassin. And The perfect team. That's uh, basically... But... Other than the Esper, neither of them know that one's a spy or one's an assassin or that the kid's an Esper. So, so that's where the comedy yeah. kind of comes into play. Right. So the comedy is their interactions together between them trying to be a family and also keep up this facade of them or that facade, keep up that facade and then also try to do their job, which is one is as, as an assassin, the other is a spy. And the other, and then one who knows everything but can essentially Can't cannot really let them reveal know anything. Right? Yeah. So it's it's the first episode came out and uh, it was yeah it was super hype. People were excited for this because it's cute, it's funny, it actually has some action. It's not just them being a family. There's you know there's an agenda behind it. You know as we we're saying they're spies and um, an assassin. So it's cool because like you get a little bit of both worlds, right? You get that slice of life of a family growth, but you also get a little bit of shonen with the action and like the, the ulterior motives that they all have. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, if you, from walking away from it, I think they've done a good adaptation of the manga. Part of what worked for the manga is that you have the timing on the beats. It's sometimes when you skip from scene to scene, it can be complicated when you're dealing with like a mind reader or when you're dealing with somebody who's like, Hiding their identity, it can be very difficult. And I will say, they've done a very good job with the action. They've done a very good job with, you know, the secret identities and all that stuff. So I'm pretty impressed and I want to see where this show goes. I I really like it. This is could be a long-running show in the future. So keep your... Definitely check this one out. And it's also handled by Wit Studios, who just finished... Um, what's it called? Uh, they just finished uh, Ranking of Kings, and they also yeah. did Vivi. So... You know, I that's the other thing I really like the art. Um, yeah, the art it looks very clean. It looks very like aesthetic. Like it's not. It doesn't pop. It's just like kind of like the the colors just kind of like they're very almost like flat toned, and it just but it looks good for what they're going for. Well, and I also like the diversity where it's like not. This is something that happens a lot in anime. Like all the characters look the same, whether they look you know bad or if they have big eyes or if they have whatever, they all look the same. This one, it's like some characters have the little dotty eyes and some characters have like crazy hair and some characters like just look normal. It's like, I'm, I'm very, I'm interested in that. Like they yeah. put a lot of thought into the actual design, which I appreciate. So, so yeah, I think we're both excited for this one and uh, we'll, we'll definitely give you guys an update because I think we did also read the manga for this and reviewed it, correct? Yeah, we did read the manga. Yeah. So, 
It'll be good to kind of see the similarities based off of what we reviewed before and then how they're bringing it into a live action or a, well, live animation. So, all right. Well, next up, and this one should be pretty fast, season two of Comey. Uh, we've talked about Comey before. It's a very funny You've seen series. it. You love it. It's season two. We're ready. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to say. Uh, I like the gimmicks and I like the story. I can't wait for it to release in America. Fucking yeah, it's been, it's been released in Japan. But it's getting the international release at the end of April. So April 27th is, I think, what I read. So for all of us in everywhere else, we'll have to wait. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, I think most people are very excited to continue that story. All right. Next up, another one that we're going to go by fast, but only because we can't actually watch it. So this one's on High Dive. I don't think either of us have that streaming service. Unfortunately not. So sorry, but uh, it does sound interesting. Your boy, Kong Ming. Your boy, Kong Ming. I fucking love the title. Honestly, that's the only reason I picked it, just because the title was hilarious. It's your boy, your boy, Kong Ming. But then when I looked into it and I uh, read the synopsis, I was actually kind of interested because it is an isekai. So, you know, I'm sorry. I am going against my not liking isekai ways. But it's, uh, it has to do with Kong Ming, who uh, he essentially is a general of the Three Kingdoms. So it's kind of like set in the in, in olden days, I guess. Um, and then he gets, he wishes to be in a peaceful world. So he gets isekai into modern day Japan and it's that it's him dealing with that. He, he ends up, apparently the, the last sentence says, can a brilliant strategist like Kong Ming adapt to the wild beats and even wilder party people? So based off that and the title and the like first image, it seems like it's him just going out and enjoying life in modern day Japan. So it, 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 I feel like it'd be very interesting and kind of funny. I'll be honest. I, I would really like to watch this. Unfortunately, um, I can't get it legally. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a tough thing, but I know it's getting a lot of hype. So if you, if that interests you at all, definitely check it out. Um, Your boy. Next up, uh, Kaguya-sama. Another continuation. Oh my Lord. They finished it off with what I think there was like a movie OVA or something. So they actually picked up right where that left off with uh, the school blowing up with like a romance love beam. But I mean, this, this series is just as funny as it it has been the entire time. Uh, I did watch the first episode and it's really good. Uh, Ozzy, I don't know if you've been watching this up to this point. But I have not. I need to catch up because I do, I did like the premise. We read the manga. It was a very good premise, um, and the ad- adaptation's great. You know, I love seeing it. It's just another kind of slice of life, but a more comedy based because of the the main characters trying not to get together, right? But trying to in a way, trying to try, trying not to be admit, obvious and admit it, that they're the ones trying to get together. And I, I love that, so I, I do need to catch up, and I look forward to it. I know this is probably the second most hype anime of the season behind Spy Family. So, yeah. Ooh, I'm excited to continue that one. Yeah. Uh, next up on the list. So, the Aheron is... Is that pronounced correctly? Aheron is indecipherable. So, I like... I read this manga and I didn't make it very far. Uh, not because I disliked it. Just because it felt very similar to a lot of other stories that were coming out at the same time. But the idea is it's a slice of life about kind of a girl who, uh, for reasons that never really get explained, she cannot 
like she just doesn't understand spacing and she doesn't understand talking to people. So she has a really hard time communicating and her next door neighbor uh, in class, not next door neighbor in general is uh, does his best to like, make sure she can enjoy life and do things. So I think that's generally the thing. You just described Comey. It basically is the same thing. That's why I said I didn't, that's why I kind of stopped reading it is because it basically is Comey, except it's a girl who's tiny instead of a girl who's like, I don't know what you would call a it. god. We know a Comey. god, a goddess. Yeah. So there you go. I don't know how you would want to describe that, but that's kind of my thoughts on it. Ozzy. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, the art was uh, kind of what turned me on to it. It seemed interesting. And then based off the description, I thought it was kind of funny. And I mean, it's another slice of life kind of. Um, maybe rom-com. I don't know if it's meant to be a rom-com. Um, I mean, I usually think when there's two characters and they're the opposite sex, I think it might be a rom-com. Um, but Slice of Life, it's, I'm just interested. I want to see what it's about. Um, I'll update you later about how it goes, but I think people are also hyping this one up. Um, so, yeah. Alrighty. But well, that, uh, that leads us into, uh, I think this is your half where you updated us. Um, you have Love After World Domination. I think that's a Isekai, is it not? That is not an Isekai. What? That title would tell me it's Isekai all day. That is definitely not an Isekai. Okay, um, so enlighten us on Love After World Domination. So that is the romance anime about... Uh, essentially a group of Saiyan Rangers where the Red... Oh, that's right. You showed the, me a clip. The Red Ranger falls in love with the villainous girl, so... That sounds like it is a guy. <laughs> it does kind of, doesn't it? But no, the, the villainous organization is trying to take over the world, but can these two crazy kids set aside, you know, that these organizations want to fight each other so that they can fall in love? It's a uh, romantic comedy, and I will say there is a lot of funniness to be had, um, I will say the art has not been blown me away so far. Yeah, I watched a clip and it, it seemed very basic and it didn't seem like they tried really hard. Like even the guy's face, like it just seemed, it seemed like they were more interested in the girl's crotch than the guy's face. They were clearly. Which in my case, I'm okay with, but you know. They were clearly more interested in the guy's But part, yeah. that's why I was like, yeah, this is, again, this is something that you were interested in and, uh. I, I think it is a – I read the manga, and it is a very funny story. I like it a lot, um, and it's something that I wanted to highlight. Uh, nice. I think, it's, I think it's a pretty good story, and I want to see where it goes. But so far, the adaptation has me a little concerned because kind of like with Dress Up Darling, there has been a lot more fan service than there probably needed to be. I didn't realize this when I first watched it, but when we watched that clip, it was within like the first minute of the start of the show. And I think like 30 seconds in, they had a crotch shot of the main female. And I was like, yeah, this is totally necessary. Like, damn. Um, damn. But uh, so, yeah, I, I'll be interested to see where it goes because I do think it's a funny story, but I just hope they don't go uh, in the super fan servicey direction. We'll see. Um, next up, uh, Trapped in a Dating Sim. Uh, this is an isekai, if that makes you feel any better. Well, yeah, it says trapped. Uh, right away, I know it's an isekai, and then a dating sim. You know that's not real life. Yeah, so basically this guy gets reincarnated into a dating sim game that he hates. So it's a harem. Uh, it's, no. He is in a, he's a mob character, so he's not even like a main character. And nice. he has to find a way to basically 
make money and be successful in the world. Uh, so it's it's a pretty complicated, and there's a lot of twists and turns that show up as it goes along. But it was a manga that I was kind of fascinated with. There also are a lot of mechas. Uh, what? The- you got me. If that's I'm something hooked. that you're interested in. What do you mean? I always say how I love mechas. <laughs> it's a very strange thing to be like trapped in a dating sim, also mechas. Like, but yeah, that's uh, apparently one of the big themes in the show. I'm, I'm in. All right. So that's so that's coming out next up. Science fell in love second season, which I don't know how to pronounce their whatever their equation is. Uh, R equals uh, one sine. Yeah, sine sine cosine pi something. Anyway, but yeah, it's uh, Science Fell in Love second season, which is basically two science nerds fall in love with each other, or they think they've fallen in love with each other. Right. But since they don't have a way to scientifically prove it, quantify love, they're trying to conduct experiments to essentially prove or disprove that they're in love with each other or that love exists. I mean, that just sounds like a kooky funny rom-com which i'm down i mean it's i think i think it's funny that you take something so ridiculous like oh yeah a guy is such a scientific guy and he wants to look at love in a scientific way he's like yeah to a point where they're actually running experiments or you know testing whether they can prove love (laughs) it started off hot this season where they were testing essentially like well this is the second season right yeah they start they started off pretty hot this season where they tested out like does his heart rate increase when people are sitting on his lap? And it turns out that it increases for everybody sitting on his lap because that's a weird thing to do. And so, yeah, it kicks, it kicks off with a hard start. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with... Uh, hard on or hard start? <laughs> a little bit of both. Hey, whatever you're into. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, I think this will be another one where it's a funny one and I'm glad it got a second season. It really flew under my radar, too, because I barely realized it did get a second season, but... I like the first one. I uh, hope this one's successful. Next up, Dance Dance Dancer. So this one might low-key be a top anime by the end of the season. It's a basically, I'm not going to go over it too much, but basically kid wants to be a ballet dancer, realizes that guys don't really do that uh, because he gets bullied at school for it, becomes like a really big fighter, and then meets a girl who convinces him to try and get back into ballet dancing. Um, it's a simple premise. It's been done before, but I like it. I like the Sakuga in the story, even though some of their faces are kind of questionable. Um, yeah, I, I made that note that I didn't like the art just in their faces. Like they, they get their, their eyes are drawn like strangely large. And I mean, some people don't care about that, but for some reason that, that weirds me out. That was like one note I made with like Sa- Sabikui Bisco. One of the side characters had like huge eyes and they just... He looked like a Sonic character, honestly, and yeah, it's just kind of weird. But I, I, you, you, you talked to me about this when it actually sounds really cool. The premise you were mentioning that it's kind of like Yuri on Ice, where it's like him kind of going back to it and like devoting himself to the sport. Yeah, um, yeah in a way that he didn't right. before. And yeah. I really like that it touches on something like ballerina. Like there are male ballerinas, and that's okay. Like yeah. that's cool that they're you know that's something that was. And it's another thing that I'm kind of interested in to see where the characters go. Because right now we only know the two characters, but there are clearly a lot of more. There's a lot more going on and I want to see how it develops. So I'm definitely hyped up for it. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Last up, uh, Birdie Wing. So I just threw this on here uh, basically because we're about to talk about 
because the Masters was this week, and we're about to talk about a golf manga. And golf. So this is the girl golf manga that is also a mafioso anime. That's a twist. It's a very strange where they're playing golf and they've got superpowers like in Mario Golf, but they're also like paying off the police and the mafia and they're like golfing on like train tracks and shit. It is a very strange anime. I don't know that I'm going to keep watching it for much longer, but I was just kind of like caught off guard by like, I thought this was basically just going to be golf and fan service because that's what it looks like on the cover. And it seems like there's definitely a lot more to the story than just that would let on. But uh, I think that's my last one for the highlight. I'm sure there's going to be more that pop up. But uh, yeah, we'll see what we actually review in our in our recap down the road. But we have a lot of options, and uh, I'm excited. So, all right. Well, hopefully that gives us some stuff to look at this season as we go along. But uh, with that all finished up, we're going to get into our manga recap. And so this week we read. King Golf, uh, I think kind of in the honor of the Masters. Is that uh, why you selected that? Uh, honestly, I really like this manga, and I picked it. I've been wanting to pick it for a while. I just had uh, kind of put it off with other things because it's a very long story that has not finished yet. But, gotcha. uh, but uh, yeah, I figured now was a good time, and it just so happened to coincide with the Masters. So True. There you go. Um, but... Obviously, I'm pretty high on it. I like the story. What were your thoughts, Ozzy? So my thoughts, uh, I read about 15 chapters of it. Um, the It's a shonen, right? Yes. Okay, so that's what, from what I've gathered, it's a shonen. Um, main character uh, is interesting. He's kind of like a delinquent kind of thug at school who ends up in an odd way joining the golf club because he just wants to. He wants to be good at it because... He literally was just insulted by one of, not even like purposefully, he was just like somewhat insulted by one of the golf members who happens to be like the ace of the school. And he's just like, I'm going to join and I'm going to be the best. And he, it's just, I guess it's just about his growth, right? It's just about yeah. him becoming the best or at least trying to. Well, and, uh, I do think he's a fascinating character because a lot of people become delinquents because, you know, uh, this is my way of life or, oh, these are who my friends are. If you want to compare like, uh, what was that uh, one that we were watching a few... Tokyo ago? Revengers? Tokyo Revengers. Well, yeah, that's why, that's why I said, like... Quote, I mean, I didn't say it, but I... Quote-unquote, yeah. a delinquent. He, he's not actively looking for it. I think he just ends up type, well, being typecasted this, into being a delinquent. Yeah, this right? guy is just one of those characters where he just wants to be the best at everything. He wants to be above everybody else. And yeah, he's I a think, lot of passion. He's a very fiery and, character. I right? think that's what pissed him off about the golf character and why he chases after him in the yeah, golf that's, club. I mean, I didn't want to get too much into detail, but that's yeah. essentially what it is. He's, he's a very fiery, passionate uh, person, which I, I do like that about him. I do like that he's very passionate, but I think my biggest gripe was him also. He was... He's written, I think, very generic, I think. I don't know. To me, it was because, like, even from the beginning when he took up golf, of course, the very first time he picks up a golf stick and hits a ball, of course, he has to smash it out of a park. I was just like, I, I could just, like, it just, it was, it felt telegraphed to me. So that was kind of, like, my only negative. It just, it felt very straightforward. Uh, but I will say that the the actual golf in it, like, them, like, going into the details of golf and them, like, showing the shots and them showing his approaches and like how he attacks mentally the game of golf. I actually liked that part of it. Like when they were doing more of that, 
and his 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 attitude was like like focused for golf. I really enjoyed that aspect. But him as him when he's like training and being silly, I actually don't like that about him. I, I him just being like because he's ridiculous. Like he oh like, he is utterly like yeah he is like the part where he's like ridiculous. I like the part where he's like. No, I thought my hands were actually going to become clubs. Yeah, so I was so like, like, you fucking idiot. What yeah, is this? I don't know. I'm, I'm not in love with that. And it made me chuckle. Yeah, it's kind of funny. But it, to me, it kind of got old quick. Um, but yeah, so he has that moment there. And then, like, he's just like a doofus, but heavy, big heart, very passionate kind of guy. So you can't help but love him. And that I understand. But that was probably, I was just kind of like, I just want to, I honestly just want to see more matches of golf. Well, and my other yeah. gripe was that the secondary character was also very generic, very like moody slash Sasuke like. Yeah, we don't I really, really did not like that guy. We didn't really get much of a gripe with him. Yeah, we didn't really get a lot of contact with him because I went and reread it, and I thought that they spent a lot more time with him. He doesn't show up that much now that really? I think about it. Yeah, when you look back at it, it's like he's there in the background, but he doesn't really do a whole lot. He's not. I might of make it better, honestly. Cause, yeah, I mean. The other, like, side characters, they're getting introduced a little bit. Uh, like, the captain was pretty cool because he actually, like, went up to him and started, like, talking to him and giving him tips. And the actual, like, coach, he's kind of funny because he's kind of a bum, really. Oh, I uh, love the coach. And the coach is very funny. I also so, like, love his little friend. I might love his little friend. Oh, his toboggan friend? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he was funny, too. Like, I like him more. What? But I guess I, I get into your character point before we go into for too much. I, I do really like this show because... It's a show that really highlights like what the mentality of a winner is. Manga. Yeah, or sorry, manga. It's a manga that really highlights what the mentality of a winner is, where it's like, this guy is always thinking about what's the way that I can beat this other guy. And he's like, I don't care about, you know, whether it makes me look silly, I don't care whether it's stupid. He's like, I gotta do this so I can be the best of the best of the best. And I kind of respect that from a golf standpoint, because I think most people look at golf and it's just like Oh yeah, you're just using a club to hit everything. It's I like the tension that it builds from a sense that like you can tell like no, nah, this stroke means a lot to this guy and it actually has an impact on the game and you can kind of see how his mentality is changing around the game itself. So, that was kind of what I liked about it compared to a lot of the other stories, but I do get your point. He is a he is admittedly a super generic Showing yeah, an anime it's character, super generic. And yeah, that, that's. I mean, and unfortunately, I'm sitting here talking about how all the other characters were better besides this the that Sasuke like guy. So that kind of like bums me out. I'm like, I, I literally enjoy everyone else more. So, but, but I, I I will say like I do like his his because like it's very Tiger Wood esque, like very like determined, very like focused on the task. Like when he was playing his first tournament, even then he was very focused. He was observing people, and I like that. I, I like getting into the mind of a player and getting into the mind of someone who is trying to better himself, not just there for fun to, like, actually compete. Well, so, yeah, and, uh, I mean, sorry, to your point, one of the first comments that made me fall in love with this manga, I think it was, like, in Chapter 10 or 11 or something, where the opposite character, like, is competing in a tournament, and he ends up getting, like, he comes in 7th, you know, as like an amateur in this pro tournament and everybody's like, Oh, that's really good. And then the main character's like, nah, that would piss me off. Cause like, I'm not first place. What the fuck? And well, actually, yeah, he, yeah. You can tell say that. And what actually happened was he, he, he came in 10th after the oh, third tenth. round. 
Okay. And then on the fourth round, he had a pretty bad round, and he ended up tying for 40th. Oh, is that what? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I just remember he didn't, way, he didn't do But it. everyone else was still very impressed because he's a junior. He's an amateur, yeah. Showing up to a pro event, and he's still – he was going toe-to-toe is what they said. They are like, oh, he's going toe-to-toe with the best. He may not have won, but, yeah, then he said, you know – I want to win. And, you know, I, I like and, that. I do and, like that drive. You see the passion in and the I, character. And I also like they emphasize where it's like, oh, yeah, he's just doing the same shot over and over because he was doing the shot on the hole that he was doing the same distance on the hole that he screwed up. And I was, yeah. like, I was like, that's very real sports. Like, you're just going over it again and again. Like Matt Ryan loses to the fucking Patriots. You just watch it over and over again. But anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm trying to pick something that somebody's relatable to. What's another one that people know about? I don't fucking know. Anyway, but yeah, no, it. it I mean, I, I I do like it. The sport aspect of it, I really do like. I, I do like that it highlights golf because, like you said, golf is usually overshadowed. Um, everyone knows that it's you know a white person sport, but it's you know it is. They are athletes. Like you do have techniques. You do have you know things that you have to apply to be a top tier athlete or a professional at it. And uh, it's good that they get to highlight that, right? You don't get as much action shots as you would with something like a baseball or something like with a football where you're getting huge impacts besides, you know, maybe hitting the ball, but there, there's more to it. Right. And I, I can appreciate it. So I do like those aspects when they do highlight it in the, in the manga, especially, I think this would another, like all sports, Mangas do better, I think, as animes because you get to see that live, right? Yeah, and I do like that aspect. But anyway, uh, what I think King Golf would you recommend it or? Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I definitely give it a try. You'll 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 figure out whether you like it or not right away. Um, and I don't think it's bad. I just I'm not super turned on by it. That's just my take. Gotcha. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, next week, our manga is going to be a manhwa coming out of Korea. What in the hell? So it is called The Lady and the Beast. Not The Beauty and the Beast, The Lady and the Beast. It's about a warrior empress who is reborn 100 years after her death. Oh, and uh, in order to save her sister from getting married off to a guy who is transformed into a wolf, she takes her place. And she essentially... Steps in where this guy, for to marry this count who is now in the form of a wolf. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Alrighty, don't want to get over complicated too much, uh, but I'll definitely check that one out. It's an interesting story. Alrighty, and that's gonna wrap us up for this week. Thanks as always to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, send us an email at raleighanime at gmail.com yeah let us know if there are any animes that you guys are excited to watch and we, we may pick them up so uh yeah thanks for hanging out hanging out and listening to us all right but yeah uh if otherwise have a good rest of your week <laughs> good night guys bye